Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory. Only for 60 minutes today, Arthur Motes. i got to break the news to the people oh, here right off the man. bat. Throw me under the bus no, that soon? Come gi- on, baby. I'm not giving any reason why. I'm just saying you got us for 60 minutes today, okay? So you know the drill. You want to chime in? Uh, you better do it so quickly here. At Wesley Euler <laughs> at the body 52. The body. And about 50. <laughs> you better do it quickly. In <laughs> <laughs> about 15 minutes, Arthur Motes, we will catch up with our buddy Brian Backo for the first time in a long time of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. But let's jump right into it, because we got 60 minutes here and plenty to get to. Uh, We said yesterday that we were going to do this, so let's start here. Calm, concerned, worried, panicked. On that scale, where are you, Arthur Motes, right now with the Steelers' offensive line and and the injury concerns that are plaguing them early in the season? Um, uh, Like I said, I'm very concerned. I'm right in that... I'm not panicked just yet because, you know, you obviously want to see what the younger guys can do if sure. they're given those opportunities, talking about Kevin Dotson, depending on how DeCastro's availability is and things on that nature. And uh, along with Chooks Okorafor, I do feel a little bit more confident in Okorafor just because his first start in his career was against yeah. Denver and yeah. it was against Von Miller. Now, granted, this time it'll be against Bradley Chubb, who is whew, a fine, fine yes, passenger in his own right. But I still feel a little bit more at ease with him. Whereas with Dotson, if it is him, I just haven't seen him. I mean, we mm-hmm. heard the practice reports, but you know how it goes. It's we different. saw him make one, a nice play yeah. on Monday night. But. It, it, it's different when a team – Mason Rudolph, prime example. It's yes. easier to come in on the fly when you're the backup preparing for their guys and you catch them off guard versus mm-hmm. when you are the guy that has to start and they have all week to prepare for you, scheme for you, mm-hmm. and isolate you and attack you night and day. So that's what makes me a little bit uneasy. Obviously, Coach Thomas says similar things in, in, in regards to Dotson and if he would uh, ultimately be thrust into that role. Right. But I think that's why, like I said, I, I, I'm not panicked, though, because we still got our core guys in terms of your penalties. Obviously, you got um, Allen and, and Matt mm-hmm. out there as well. Mm-hmm. So you have – some continuity on that side, but for me, it's just you're potentially going to have a new right tackle, new right guard starting in game in week yeah, two. And we saw, and even parts. in week one, the offensive line, they already had issues. It wasn't as if right. week one they were clean. It was a perfect performance. Correct. Yeah. If, if they would have been clean week one, I probably wouldn't even be concerned because I would just say, all right, well, look, the rest of the guys looked good. We lose one. All right, plug and play. We're good to go. But because they already looked like they had issues – and yes. that was just with one moving piece in terms of the rest of those guys were stars except for Wisniewski. Mm-hmm. So when you look at from that angle, it just kind of says to me, like, man, they were going to already need to be making adjustments. Right. And right. now you have adjustments on top of those adjustments. With moving pieces. With moving pieces. That's what, making me a little, that's what makes me very concerned. Yeah. I, I think that's right about where I am, too. I, I don't know if I'm ready to venture into worried land yet, but I think I'm, I'm right in between. I'm kind of right in the middle there. Uh, between uh, concerned and worried. I'm definitely not calm, but I'm definitely not panicked. Um, it's 
it's going to have to be a wait and see. We know that the Steelers, look, we've talked about this a lot uh, over the last few years. We talked about it in the offseason. They have options in that offensive line room, more so, I think, than a lot of units in the National Football League. But now, unfortunately, DeCastro's status up in the air. Zach Banner done for the season. Big whiz. We don't know. It could be a lengthy injury. He could be done for the season as well. That is kind of the the up-in-the-air element for me, Arthur Motes. I'm I'm confident in Chooks. Now, hey, they went with Banner for a reason. Mm-hmm. Obviously, duh, because they thought he was better. But if it was really the competition that they said that it was, I don't think there should be a massive drop-off from Banner to Chooks. Again, there was a reason Banner won the job, but Chooks, from from all, you know, everything that we heard throughout uh, the the. the training camp I was going to say the the offseason kind of lack thereof everything we heard throughout training camp was that it was a legitimate competition so I don't think there's a huge drop off there but the question is how does that combine with a rookie first time starter Kevin Dotson potentially at right guard so I ask you Arthur Motes Mm -hmm. any thought in your mind to potentially maybe moving Matt Filer to right guard then you don't have the two you know guys that are being you, you don't have that on the right side of the line maybe you can kind of balance that right you put Dodson at left guard you put uh filer at right guard you, you you spread out right so you don't have the two new starters on the right side and the two guys on the left side any thought about that or would you like to kind of keep you know like move less parts than possible maybe i'm i'm a big believer in moving as less parts as possible um when you start talking about with matt filer for example first like i said all of last year he was at what right tackle. right tackle now you move him to left guard. He's finally getting situated at left guard, and now you want to move him to right guard. So just from a footwork standpoint, from a play standpoint, just from a personnel standpoint, in terms of right-handed, our offense is a very right-handed offense in terms of, you know, Ben's right-handed quarterback, the plays mm-hmm. typically are going to favor to his throwing side and things like that. Right. So when you move Matt, he's going to start, instead of him being on the weak side of the formation, being uncovered a lot and having a different role, to the strong side, you're, tri- you're typically going to be covered up your interior guards because just from a, a run standpoint, you have to make sure that you're controlling that B gap. Right. So for me, when I think of that, I, I just don't see the overall benefit of me moving Matt. Unless it was on a one-game basis, maybe, hmm. but this could potentially be longer than that Absolutely. because it's solely based on DeCastro, and we don't know what his status is right now. They're trying. I, um, I, I didn't see the report yesterday if he practiced or not. But that's what they're trying to ultimately figure out. So for me, I don't want to have to keep moving Matt back and forth, Mm -hmm. back and forth, because ultimately it's going to stunt his growth at some point. Now, when we're going back to thinking about Chooks and him being on the side with Dotson, Mm -hmm. the thing that makes me still 50-50 with Chooks in terms of my overall confidence is this. I understand the glass half full sentiment of, well, hey, man, the battle was close. Shouldn't Shouldn't be that much of a drop off. But then my alternative is we were watch. I mean, we watched the tape on Banner. He struggled at times on a Monday night. So I'm looking at him struggling. I'm saying, mm-hmm. well, hey, if he was struggling, what's that little drop what off? Is, look what is like? that drop off going to look like? And it wasn't as if you know either one of those guys took just took the job ahead of time, a la Matt Fowler a year ago, where as soon as what a week or two in the camp, they was like, yo, he's the guy. It's not even a debate. It just makes me really concerned because I'm like, clearly there were flaws in both of their games, and that was what was keeping one of them from ultimately emerging and saying that, hey, they're going to be the guy. So that's the only thing that still makes me a little bit uneasy with that whole situation right there. 
Yeah, I think that's a good call by you. Um, so does all this lead to Vance McDonald better being ready to block on Sunday well, after? I mean, are they going to use him as, well, as kind of like got, an additional this, guy? You got a couple of things. So number one, obviously you can have Vance – or not even Vance, but Vance or Ebron, just body position alone being on that right side of the offense. Also, the pre-snap movements and motions, hmm. which you want to do because they have Jarrell Casey, who is a very productive and interior they, I don't guy. I know if you saw this. They ran the fifth most pre-snap uh-huh. snap motion out of 32 teams yes. in the NFL. They ran fifth most, yes. and they're normally like bottom five. Absolutely. They were top Absolutely. five, fifth this week. Well, it's funny, man, watching Denver on tape. They they do a lot of similar pre-snap movements and motions, mm-hmm. man. But what what I'm realizing is this, man. The thing that I like about what Canada did in week one, and it's going to help these guys versus Denver, with all that pre-snap movement and motion, Drill Casey and those guys aren't going to be able to just pin their ears back right. and attack. Right. It puts you on your heels. You have that split second of, you man, are we checking just correct? Yeah. And that benefits you also when, when Coach Tom was talking about doing things schematically to protect Kevin Dotson, moving the pocket. Not your traditional, not your traditional just drop back passes. I'm talking rollouts right, left, sprint mm-hmm. outs. Like I said, different things to just change the launch point. Ben is highly accurate. We know he can make the throw right, left, on the run, backpedaling, it doesn't matter. But to protect that offensive line, especially those younger guys, instead of just having him doing traditional drop backs, you want to move the pocket with them, rolling them out and things like that. And I'm sure Matt Canada's already scheming up different things to protect him and protect the offensive line in that in that vein. But that's ultimately how you do it. If you watch the Broncos, man, Drew Locke, he's always rolling <laughs> one way, left or right, because they want to move the pocket because their O-line right now isn't good either. You know, in terms of they, they have opt-outs and injuries and stuff, so – that's kind of how they've improved themselves is just continuing to keep these quarterbacks on the move, man. And it ultimately, like I said, makes the defenders not be able to just pin their ears back and go. And that's ultimately what you need for right mm-hmm. now until you get fully healthy. Once you get fully healthy, then you go back to your traditional just drop backs and doing right. what you do. And there's, I think, to be expected, right, that we should expect at this early in the season – no preseason, a small condensed uh, off-season training camp, and then you add the injuries into that. Injuries into I mean, that. It's just there's, perfect storm right there's now. There's going to be man. a lot of tinkering the first couple weeks. Absolutely, for sure. Uh, who better to discuss all of these uh, offensive line concerns, worries, concerns, calmness, panics, wherever you might be on the scale, than our good buddy Brian Backo from the Pittsburgh Post? Because it's been a couple weeks since we talked to the Batman. We will get that correct on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Brian Backo up next. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. He does not bob for apples in the toilet. He writes about the Pittsburgh Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo. You know, Motsi, this guy, Man. I mean, he's loyal. He's loyalty, loyal. Loyalty, loyalty, I tell you what, past two weeks, Chris Carter sitting in, and Brian Backo, you know, he's like, if Motsi isn't on the show, I'm not doing it. Listen, man, we, we like to call this young man right here a real one. <laughs> he is a real one, ladies and gentlemen. Backo, what's up, buddy? <laughs> I am just uh, the type of guy who always remains loyal to the team. <laughs> And would never do anything to jeopardize the unity I have. 
Oh, so maybe a perfect microcosm of what's going on out there. I right like now. it. <laughs> uh, Brian, we started the show today. A simple question. Calm, concerned, worried, panicked is, as it relates to the Steelers' offensive line and some of the early season injuries that are piling up here. Where would you come down on that scale? Calm, concerned, worried, or panicked about the Steelers' O-line? I would say concerned because I was concerned about the unit coming into the season. Thought they got better as the game went on Monday night, which makes sense. Everybody was knocking some rust off. You got a couple guys, uh, you know, making their first start there for the Steelers. You got a guy changing positions in, in Matt Filer. So sure, it, it makes sense that, that it's going to take them a little bit of time to settle in. But unfortunately, even once they do that, now you've got to juggle things again. Your whole right side of the line might be completely new. So I'm going to go with a, a solid concern. I can't say I'm calm with all the injuries they're having, but I also can't say I'm panicked because the, the guys stepping in are, have a, a pretty decent pedigree behind them, I think. Now, sticking with the uh, offense and the injury report and things like that, have you heard anything about James Conner's health and his availability for Sunday? No, but, I mean, if, if the other night was any indication, uh, I'd have to assume that he's, maybe at least going to miss one game most. And I say that because we all know that, that James is a gamer. I mean, I don't think anybody has uh, ever called him soft. He's battled back from so much stuff throughout his career, which makes me think after the, the down season that he had in 2019 because of so many injuries, it was going to take a lot to keep him off of that field and, and what was really his return game, uh, trying to turn over a new leaf in 2020, and yet he wasn't able to go with that ankle. So to me, it just doesn't strike me as something that he's going to easily be able to shake off, get in a, a week of practice, and, and come right back on, on a short week. And if that is the case, because I do share that sentiment, how confident are you in Benny Snell being able to duplicate what he was able to do on Monday night against the Giants? Now that I'm confident. I, I think Benny Snell looked really good. Uh, he was. It's funny, I go back to when he was drafted last year and, and we had a little conference call with him. And, of course, people were asking, who do you compare yourself to? Who do you model your running style after? And I remember he said Marshawn Lynch. And I'm like, hmm, that's always Beast what we kind of heard mode. as the comparison. Exactly. That's <laughs> always what we kind of heard as the comparison for James Conner. So I'm like, that's interesting that, that the Steelers are going to have two physical runners like that. And while we maybe didn't see that early on in his rookie year, Benny Snell picked up some momentum uh, as that season went on, obviously finished it pretty strong and, and picked up where he left off on Monday. So I don't know how people could be anything but confident in him right now, especially with the way he remade his body and, and obviously seemed to be a little bit more committed to the professional aspect of, of playing in the NFL. Let me ask you this then as it relates to this conversation, because I saw a lot of people um, a lot of our industry colleagues saying that, yes, uh, on the surface, it looks like oh, Benny Snell just had a great game and James Conner just had a terrible game. But if you really look, the offensive line was much better after the first quarter. Benny had much better, much bigger holes, much more opportunity to get into space than James Conner did. And that if James Conner would have been healthy the entire game, his performance would have looked better in the second half under that offensive line. You buying any of that back up? I do. That that makes sense. Uh, while I don't think James was perfect, he seemed to be running a little tentatively at times, wasn't maybe hitting the holes as hard as, as Benny Snell was. He also wasn't getting very many holes open for him early on. And, and to me, that was the same problem that, that he had last season and, and why I wasn't as down on him. You had a lot of folks saying, 
Steelers need to draft a guy in, in the first or second round. Uh, well, they couldn't have drafted him in the first round, but they got to draft <laughs> a guy high with their first or second pick, uh, a running back, be it a, a J.K. Dobbins or whoever else was, was out there at the time. I never thought that was the case, partly because uh, I, I just wasn't willing to give up on, on James Conner after one bad year, and partly because I did think the depth behind him was pretty solid in, in Benny Snell. Jalen Samuels, who seems to be becoming a little bit more of a specialist here. And uh, even at the time, you know, they had Kareth White, who's gone now, but they've got Anthony McFarland kind of waiting in the wings. So uh, I think they've still got a, a decent amount of talent at that position. But uh, again, I, I don't, I'm not ready to say that uh, it's all over for, for James Conner and that we've seen the last of them. Now, you mentioned uh, using a second-round pick, and obviously our second-round pick, Chase Claypool, had a big-time yeah. catch. Uh, should, they, should they start fitting his gold jacket now, hey, Mr. Hey, Backo? Hey. So, so for me, <laughs> Mr. Backo, I just need to know, man, what were your thoughts on his performance on Monday night, and is he going to see more playing time? Man, he needs to get more action, baby. I think he is most, but who do you take off the field? I mean, all mm, of a sudden, you've right. got a ton of <laughs> promising players that you can get involved in the offense. I mean, You've got the receivers in, in Juju. I mean, it, obviously his comeback train is uh, is on the track now after catching two touchdowns. Deontay Johnson is you know still showed that he is slippery, uh, has the, the the best quicks on the team at that position, I think for sure. But James Washington makes a big play for Ben too, and and even in the way that he traditionally does, as he goes over the middle for it. So you, not only do you have all those mouths to feed in the receiving core. Even the tight end duo is, is something you're still going to have to sort out. I mean, Ebron played two more snaps than Vance McDonald. So uh, I think you want to get all those guys involved if you're the Steelers, and, and that just tells me that Chase Claypool's involvement week to week is, is going to be pretty matchup-based. It's going to depend uh, on what the defense is, is giving you, uh, how many uh, you know formations you might have him involved in. Uh, but I didn't see anything to make me think that he is not ready for a bigger piece of the pie. I mean, even the end around uh, to, to put the game on ice, he, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. So, uh, you, like I said, you'd hate to, to lessen the load for a guy like James Washington or Deontay Johnson, but you might have to do it if Chase Claypool is, is just pushing to get on the field that hard. I like it. Now, my last question for you, man, it's a two-parter. One reason why the Steelers win on Sunday and then one reason why the Steelers could lose on Sunday. Ooh, I'm going to say one reason why they win is because this defense uh, just gets after Drew Locke, makes another second-year quarterback uh, go through a, a very difficult time uh, facing this front seven in, in a secondary that uh, you know did give up one big play, which leads me to if the Steelers lose, it's because Drew Locke is able to hit on enough big ones to the likes of Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamler maybe gets involved, the rookie from Penn State shows that he can break a game wide open, and then this offensive line just struggles with the, the Broncos' front. But uh, Bradley Chubb is, I, I think, the, the premier player there now that Vaughn Miller is out for the season. So I'm a little bit more confident with the former uh, that the Steelers will make life very hard for Drew Locke than the latter. Are you buying a lot of those? Another thing that I've heard a lot this week is that it works out well for the Steelers in the sense that they're kind of similarly constructed teams that want to play similar ways, right? There are some similarities between Danny Dimes and between Drew Locke, right? Uh, they've got the playmakers at running back. They've got some talented guys at receiver. Uh, 
And maybe the difference is Giants pretty weak in the secondary. Maybe that's where the Broncos make their bones on defense. But both teams uh, with their weaknesses at the second level, particularly without Von Miller, but both teams still with some talent uh, along the front there in terms of pass rushing. Do you think that helps the Steelers at all that – uh, it, it is a at least a team that has a lot of similarities in week two than the team you saw in week one. Yeah, I mean, I've thought all along that uh, these first two weeks would play out well for the Steelers. It, it's a somewhat light open to the schedule when you face two franchises that are kind of in rebuilding mode. I mean, Broncos don't have a first-year head coach, but obviously Vic Fangio is still trying to kind of get his guys in there, get his schemes installed, whereas Joe Judge was completely new to this on Monday night against the Giants, and, and I'll actually you know tip my cap to him. I, I thought he came out with a pretty good plan and, and was prepared until his team just sort of got physically overwhelmed. So, yeah, for the Steelers, uh, I think this is a really nice way to start. I mean, not that the defense really needed it, but you face two relatively inexperienced quarterbacks right off the bat. Uh, you're going to be able to pin your ears back and get after them. Uh, and also, I mean, yeah, we know that the Broncos, they, they do want to run the ball with Melvin Gordon uh, bringing him in this offseason and, and also having a, a guy who's no slouch in Philip Lindsay. But you talk about all their injuries. I mean, Lindsay's probably not going to play this week. He's got the turf toe. And Melvin Gordon, while I still think he's a pretty good back, he's not Saquon Barkley. And Saquon Barkley did not have anything uh, going for him on Monday. Zero daylight to run. And, and I can't imagine that it'll be a whole lot easier for Melvin Gordon. I like it. Mr. Backo. Before we get your uh Uh-oh. I want to say is that is it that time yet? I don't know if it's quite that time. I do need to let Uh-oh. Mr. I do need to let Brian know though. We have uh in our little it's not a what you call, it's like a cork board, right? It's yeah. not a whiteboard. It's like a cork board in here. Uh Brian, we have got our and you know, again, I asked for years ahead of the Giants game. <laughs> 21 to 13 was the answer. So we have a spreadsheet in here. Week by week, we've got the entire Steelers schedule, you know, down the left side column. We've got three columns, Euler, Motes, Backo. We've got our week by week picks against the spread. So I just want to let you know, Mr. Backo, you know, we haven't talked to you on the show for the last two weeks, but we've been thinking about you and we're keeping your predictions right next to the two of ours hung up all season. And then we'll, uh, we'll talk some trash at the end of the year. Wow. I'm honored. And hey, 21, 13, I'm, I'm one and oh, right. I'm one for one. You are. Yep. Yes. Because I think we all, yeah, we all are. And how we decide, Motes and I decided we were going to do this, right, is your prediction has to be with the spread, too. Yes. Because you can't just pick who's going to be the winner. You have to hit the spread as well, too. So six points was the final spread that we locked in. We all covered that. Mm -hmm. So we were all 1-0 after the first week. All right, well, let's just go ahead and do it here then. Oh, here we go, Becko. What you got for us, baby? Brian Becko, your week two prediction: Steelers, Broncos, Sunday afternoon in Hinesfield. Right now is seven and a half. Yeah, and you know what? Here's it it what went we, up though. So here's what Motes yeah. and I decided too: is that whatever the whatever the original spread is, that's where we're going to stick, right? Because that's how Vegas felt about the matchup before, before the, the money, money got, started yeah. to influence it. So six and a half was the original spread. Steelers favored six and a half. Mister Becko, what say you? I'm going Steelers to cover again, and I, I think it's going to be another fairly low-scoring game. And maybe you just convinced me, Wes, because of all the similarities between the Broncos and Giants. But I'm going with a fairly similar final score prediction as well. I'm going to say Steelers 20, Broncos 10. I like the Ooh. swagger from Drew Locke. Um, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him a little bit just after hearing him talk. And 
seeing him rap along the he young like, Jeezy on I'm the I'm about to say the Jeezy. Season. That's against me, baby, yeah. the Jeezy. But, uh, <laughs> but I think he might have a tough day uh, on the North Shore this weekend. All right, so you're saying, uh, wait, you said 20 to 10? Yeah, 20 to 10. Okay. Yeah. 20 to 10 Steelers. Brian Backo is on the board. Ladies and gentlemen, he hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade, and you know he does not do cap. Woo! From the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, with us here every Thursday. Follow loyalty, him loyalty. on Twitter, at Brian Bacco. Read his work in the PG, and, and maybe catch him around a local watering hole on a Friday night in Pittsburgh as well. Buddy, we appreciate the time as always. For sure. Great to be back on with you guys. We'll see you. <laughs> Just a sense of normalcy. I mean, I needed that, man. You know, I that guy, that. He is, he's just the ultimate sense of normalcy here on the program for us. Good stuff from Brian Backo. Oh, man he's, of the people. He's locking it in 20 to 10 Steelers. I like that, actually. I do, too. I like that a lot. And a low scoring battle. I was hoping he didn't pick my pick because I have. I know, I told you. I was he, like, yo, he better not. He better he not. He did better that not. last week, but it actually <laughs> yeah. worked out better for me because I ended up a little bit closer because I tacked on the extra field goal. All right, Broncos minus six and a half. That's the spread that we're sticking with. Backo is locked in at 20 to 10 Steelers tomorrow. Obviously, you already know that Moats and I will give you our predictions as well as. We will have four other games yeah. in our uh, our show me the money, get that paper feature on Fridays. One more segment to go here before we uh, you know, just say our, our tearful goodbyes to Arthur Motes and to myself. Remember, shortened show today, just one hour today. There's, uh, there's some, some other happenings going on, but all good things. Nothing yes. bad, all right? Don't worry. <laughs> and I always feel like I have to say that because I know how that is, right? Like, yeah. With my favorite shows that I listen to you know, in the sports world, anytime there's like a change or something, I'm always like, you know, I go to the doomsday. I go like, <laughs> oh, no, over? they're going to be off air tomorrow. They got it's in trouble? Over. It's over. They got, they got in trouble or the show's done yeah. or one of them took a different job somewhere. <laughs> I promise that's not the case here. Not all right, all. It's just it's a short week. We got a lot of conflicts, a lot of busy stuff going on here early in the season. So just an hour-long show positive today. Stuff, man. Positive stuff, Positive stuff in the community. Yep, exactly. That's what it's all about. Sam. Steelers-related stuff as well, too. Um, but tomorrow, you know on a Friday, we will get you ready. We'll have Five Star Friday. We'll have Get That Paper. I'll sing a little Denver Broncos oh, song. Yeah. We will have the full uh, two-hour gamut tomorrow to get you ready for game day on Sunday. So before we get out of here on our shortened show today, we got to do a little three-question Thursday, and we got to get to your tweets. Last chance to get them in or forever hold your peace now for the next... 25 hours. 20. Wait, no. No. It's normally 22, but it would be an hour long, so 23 hours. Oh, I'm, it's 12 o'clock. I'm tripping. Yep, I'm, yep. I'm all over the place right so now. So get your tweets in now. Oh, I'm thinking it's 2 o'clock. I'm Math like, is not our strong late. suit. We're late. Math is not our strong suit. <laughs> get those tweets in now or forever hold your peace for the next 23 hours. At Wesley Euler, at the body 52. The body. Three question Thursday and tweets on the other side. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, a little different Thursday show today, an abbreviated one, but we're still bringing you all those benchmarks, right, baby? You know, we got Batco on a Thursday. Mandatory. Got a little three-question Thursday here, too, that we'll get to before we get to your tweets. So, again, last chance. You got, what, probably about five, ten minutes here at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. 
if that was a good one. If you want to get those, uh, if you want to get those tweets in, but Arthur Motes, it's your favorite thing to do on a Thursday. Woo-wee! Little three question Thursday. Three question Thursday. Question number one, Arthur Motes. It was the debate that had iHeart Radio on fire yesterday. All right. Crowley started it. Madden was talking about it. Stan Saverin was talking about it. Tim Benz was talking about it. Everybody in the building was talking about it yesterday. Arthur Motes, I need to know. You can give me a top three or a top five, depending okay. on how passionate you feel about it. I need to know your potato power rankings. What is your favorite form of potato? Because it comes in so many ways, oh, and it's so man. delicious. All right, I'll probably have to go crinkly french fry. It's a good one. Okay. Not the curly fry, the crinkly mm-hmm. ones. Make sure we're, we're clarifying mm-hmm. that, okay? So a crinkly French fry, a hash brown. Oh, yeah. And then a potato chip. Oh, I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah, so fries for me are the obvious number one. Yeah, I, I love fries. I like like the beer-battered seasoned fries. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, but there's, You can't go you wrong. Can't go whether wrong. it's crinkly, yeah. Cajun fries, curly oh. fries. I mean, cheese fries. Yeah, I'm gonna say chili cheese fries. Extra crispy fries. Like, I mean, like, uh, the the, kind of crisp, but not too crispy fries. Like, a little gravy on them, a little poutine. Yeah, I'm gonna say, like, (laughs) hot sauce on my fries. Uh, Ranch on my fries. Give me salt and pepper on my fries. Give me the Old Bay seasoning on my fries. I gotta tell you, so um, in high school and in college, I worked at a hot dog shop, right? Uh And so I would do chili cheese dogs a lot. Yeah. So I didn't want to, like, if I was sitting down and, make, you know, if I was making my lunch, I didn't want to do chili cheese dogs and then chili cheese fries. Oh, you didn't? I did. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, With no shame. <laughs> so what I would do, Arthur Motes, is I would make my lunch all the time was, and this is very healthy, obviously, two chili cheese dogs. Uh-huh. And then I would make the hand-cut fries, right? Like okay. the potato yeah. patch fries. But I would do a little ranch and a little hot sauce okay. on them, and they okay. were so good. Okay. So I like how you say the hot sauce there. The yeah, ranch. man, you got to get out there, bro. I mean, bro. honestly, just French fries with a little mayonnaise, too, like a little bro, mayonnaise dipping. French fries, barbecue sauce, French fries, Anything. And, and the sweet sriracha sauce oh. from Chick-fil-A. Oh, Fries are the clear-cut number one for you, yeah, clear-cut man. number one for me. Number two, I go mashed potatoes. A, I forgot all I'm about a mashed, big potatoes. mashed potatoes, guy. Gotta have them with steak. Gotta have them Love with it. certain barbecue Throw me some things. Gravy you know on what it. I mean? It's a yeah, little gravy, man. It's a Thanksgiving staple. Yeah. You know what I really like about mashed potatoes too What's is up? that if you have leftovers, the oh. next morning you just chuck a little flour on them, and boom, you got potato pancakes for breakfast. Boom. And then <laughs> my third one, you said hash browns, and I guess yeah. it's kind of similar. I go with tater tots though. Oh, yeah, same difference. Because yeah. I, I think they're very similar. I think yeah. there's just a little bit more that I can do with my tater tots Correct. than my hash browns. But that was the debate yesterday, Mozi. Well, the that, reason I said hash brown because I think McDonald's in the morning, man. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, a good one. That, that, that is perfect with my oh, sausage, egg, and so cheese good. biscuit and my sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle. You got to so have both. good. Home fries, too. I mean, there's just... Come on, baby. You can't go wrong with any of it. Scalloped potatoes. Potato is, is very underrated in terms oh, of its, it's importance. So, it's so versatile. <laughs> it's I versatile, mean, it man. Is, it, it's, it's like, a gamer. It is. It's like, uh, it's like LeBron James, you know? It can yeah. play all five positions. No question, <laughs> man. No question. And in a salary cap area, you got to have guys where you can steal a roster spot or two. You have, gotta potatoes steal a roster spot, man. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good. <laughs> Like a Jamal Adams, you know they're, what I mean? They're good for all occasions, anywhere. man. You breakfast, lunch, dinner, it doesn't oh. matter. Dessert? I'm sure there's some type yeah. of potato pie. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, sweet potato pie. Sweet potato there pie. There you go right there, bro. What are we talking about? What's your feeling about Are you a sweet potato guy? I don't discriminate. Sweet potato or pumpkin pie. I eat them both. I like, do you like sweet potato fries? Because like I would I never, I would never really like order sweet potato fries, but I, I do if, like them. I eat them if they're available. Yes. I would prefer a loaded sweet potato though. Think Ooh, like yeah. Texas Roadhouse and stuff so like that. Good. Like give me, give me the marshmallows, the brown sugar, People give me all that little, little, little syrup in the thing. Like I need all that. 
Favorite kind of chip. Last one as it relates to potatoes. I probably just go barbecue. Yeah, yeah, because it, it with me just it gives classic. me the flexibility of like where this spicy barbecue, mm-hmm. regular barbecue, Pringles barbecue, Lay's barbecue, Voodoo barbecue, like yep, barbecue you can't go wrong with. I'm a jalapeno kind of guy myself. <laughs> jalapeno, funny boy. Wait, what? What did I say? What happened? <laughs> I, I love kettle kettle cooked jalapeno, kettle cooked jalapeno, jalapeno specifically. Man. Is What's it? that little squilly thing well, over that, that little, letter? You know that little green, a little yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that one, that one. You, you know the TV, sh- you know the TV show Trailer Park Boys. Uh-huh. There's a scene in that where uh, they're like sitting around the table, and one of the guys is like, oh, "I'm running the store. You guys need anything?" And and the one guy, the the not so bright guy, Ricky, goes, "Yeah, get me some some jalapeno chips." Let me get them jalapeno. And the man. other guy, Julian, goes, "Yeah, I'll get some jalapeno chips as well too." And Ricky goes, "Ricky goes jalapeno. What, what's that?" Yeah. And he goes, "Ricky, the, the J is silent." Right. He goes, "He goes, no, I, I know that. I, I want jalapeno, but what's jalapeno?" Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Jalapeno potato chips, baby. Let us know on Twitter what your uh, your favorite form of potato is before we get out of here as well, too. Three question Thursday. Question number two, Arthur Motes. This was uh, trending on Twitter this morning. Simple question. A movie that you love, mm-hmm. that you think is underappreciated, that others don't really know about or don't really enjoy as much as you do. Indiana Jones, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ooh. Bro, that movie is fire. Storyline, love, action, father-son relation. Like, bro, it, it, it travel and get teach you about geography and history. Man, uh, gunfights, horses, you get animals, you get everything you want Indiana in there, man. Indiana Jones does get lost in the, yeah. the Star Wars, right. the, the Lord they of the Rings, lump the it Game in there. of Thrones. It's like, bro, Indiana Jones by itself, that it's franchise awesome. is awesome. It's a reason why when you go to Disney World, they got mm. a whole Indiana Jones section where you could just go in there and experience. Because, like, it's, just, it's a dope movie. It's it a dope series. It is. Like, but it, 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 I still. I finally got wifey to watch it about a month yeah, ago, and like she loved capped. it. Yeah, I feel like they they won't allow it to really get the flowers it deserves right. because they, they just the, lump it in there with, oh, well, it's not Star Wars, or what about Star Trek? It's not Harry Potter. Yeah, like, like it's not supposed to be wizardry. This is more like Western slash like archaeology slash yes. like Tomb Raider style. You yes, know what I mean? Like. Yes. It's, it's, it's not it's like its own it's genre. Not a sci-fi, right. as Star Wars, and Lord right. of the Rings, and even and Harry with Potter it being and... fictional, it's still more realistic yes. in terms of the artifacts they're looking for. It's and... like fictional, but it's still it, it, there's it's, this it's Nazi stuff. In it. There's right. the, yeah, like absolutely, man. And, and you can look up some of these. I mean, just old-time like relics mm-hmm. and artifacts mm-hmm. that that that's what they're ultimately searching for and things like that, man. It's, it's a totally different genre, but it doesn't, it I gets appreciated, but nowhere near the and level it should. it should. No, that's, yeah. that's a great call by you. I, I really like that. And like I said, my, my wife, Harrison Ford too. Holy cow. My wife isn't really into the whole, you know, the star Wars, the star Trek, the Harry Potter. My wife loved Indiana Jones. I mean, we yeah. watched it in two days. We watched Bro. we watched one. She was like, let's watch another. And then we watched the third one Love on the second Indiana day. Indiana Jones, man. That's when, a great call by like, you. When I think of like all-time movies that I love, like the series, especially because I feel like one-offs are easy, but I want to see like multiples. The Batman series, Star Wars, obviously, but Indiana Jones is right up there in that mix because, man, those movies that came out during that time, pfft. The best. Oh, that man. era was The storyline was phenomenal. The incredible. acting was crazy. Like, everything you want, man. Are the most mine, Donnie Brasco. Oh, 
I feel like that's clean. In the that's in, clean. In the in the the Goodfellas and the Godfather and yeah. the the Scarface and the Heat and the, there's so many. I'm sure I just missed a bunch. The yeah. Departed, Casino. There, there's yeah. there's it, so it's, many it's good. Too many of them. There's so many good mafia movies. Yes. Donnie Brasco gets swept under the rug, man. J- uh, Johnny Depp, Al Pacino, just a fantastic movie about an undercover FBI agent who. True impl- story. Yeah. True story. True story uh, man. He's still alive. Donnie yes. Brasco is still alive. Um. You know what? I was actually looking. Uh, or yeah, jo- uh, Joey Pistone is his yeah. is his real name. Uh-huh. Yep, uh, and he's still alive. Actually, he is. Let's see, right he here. Be like what seventy? He's eighty one years old 81? right now, mm. and still in hiding because the mafia yeah. still still wants him dead. Absolutely. Like I said, it's it's a fantastic movie. Uh, greatly acted too. You got Al Pacino and Johnny Depp, like both in their prime. Like Al Pacino in his fifties, and like young Johnny Depp still yeah. coming up in the nineties. Great story about an FBI guy infiltrating the mafia in New York, and then he starts to kind of become sympathetic yeah. to the to a lot of the mafiosos and 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 fights an internal conflict. It's a great movie. Like I said, there's so many great mafia. But, but I movies. will say this too, man. When it comes to that the Donnie Brasco movie. Make sure you know the real storyline too, because yes. the ending can yes. twist you up a little bit if you don't know what really it's a, happened. It's a Hollywood. It's yeah, a Hollywood yeah, they, they Hollywood it at the end. It's like, bro, that's not how that whole thing ended. <laughs> Just throwing it out there, man. It's never that. It's never it's, that clean. Yeah, I was like, that was not the case. But I like how y'all tried to play it. All right, but <laughs> I was gonna ask you too, though, man, because uh, out of all the mafia movies you mm-hmm. named, I do think that that is, like I said, it, it's. Is in the family, but they don't view. They view right. more like the cousin versus yes. like the you, you immediate good family. Fellas, the Goodfellas right. and the Godfather are the two yes. the two standards. But what I was going to ask you was, which Johnny Depp do you like better, him Ooh. and Donnie Brasco, or him as Whitey Bulger? Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco. Yeah. Okay. I think he did a good job as as yeah. as. Because for me, as I'm Whitey not gonna lie, I really enjoyed him as Whitey Bulger. He I just don't good, like. Th- he does the good Boston thing. Yes. Yeah. I just don't think the storyline is as good Correct. for Whitey Bulger as it is for Brasco because Ooh, with Brasco, maybe was, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. With Brasco was more nuanced. It was more into that storyline, more moving pieces in terms of what was going on. Whereas when you mm-hmm. follow the Bulger story, it wasn't. He didn't have any real like competition or right. something to really build the anxiety of. Can this come through or fall through for him? Whereas with Brasco, it's like Black bro, Mass, right? That's the yeah, yeah, that Black movie. Mass. Yeah, yeah. With, with Donnie Brasco, it's like man, this can happen and that can get him. That can happen and that can get him. So yeah, what's your love movies, man? Me too, love me too. Uh, for me, it's it's Goodfellas is the clear number one, and then two and three, mm. uh, Godfather and The Departed, probably for me. Godfather, which one though? <laughs> I was hoping you weren't gonna. Ask. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, yeah. you just, you just gonna throw the whole not Godfather the third, in there. Not the third one. <laughs> For probably, me, probably man, the second one. Goodfellas is tough. Goodfellas, Goodfellas is my clear number one. For it's my second favorite movie of all time behind Gladiator. Gladiator is wow. my favorite movie. Goodfellas is my number two. Cause see, I'm like, I'm, I'm good on Goodfellas, but then I'm trying to think between Casino and Godfather Casino's another two, top, top, like, top three, top four for sure. I think the Departed for me is just because it's the one that's like from my generation yes, yes. that I that I actually Departed think is a phenomenal is awesome. movie. Yeah, yeah, great, great job in that yeah. movie too. I like it. Jeez. Yeah, Donnie Brasco, Indiana Jones. We could sit here all day and talk no about. No question. These. I'm, I'm like, man, we got ten minutes, man. I don't want to waste. I mean, like, I can, I can go on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> we should the third one, right? Uh, wait. Was that two? Yeah, yeah, that's that was two. two. That's yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's two. Three question Thursday. Question number three. Arthur Motes. Um, Kanye West made some noise yesterday. Oh, for uh, geez. putting you... putting one of his Grammy awards yeah. in a toilet. Let's just say. Shout out to the hydration, though. Yes. So I ask you this, Arthur Motes: Which non-sports award, any award in the world, 
Non-sports. Non-sports, okay. That you could win, what would it be? It could be a Grammy, it could be an Oscar, it could be a Nobel Peace Prize. It oh, you're saying that I could win. You could not win. a sports-related. But, but it can't be, you can't say like, oh, you know, I want to win the Heisman. Or it's, it's, what award would you like oh, to yeah, win? Oh, yeah, yeah. For me, man. Uh, Individual award, but mm-hmm. it can't be sports-related. Yeah, for me, definitely Nobel Peace Prize. You think about the the history behind it. You think about what you have to do to accomplish it. That's let me know that my impact is out of this world. You don't just stumble across that. That's not because you wrote a good book or you had a good movie. Like <laughs> right. you really had to have lived a life worth living. You really have would have to have been impactful and made differences in. Uh, a, a large amount of people's lives and things like that, man. So for me, I think that would be it, man. And see, that's the difference between me and you. You're way more noble than I am. I want the Grammy. Give you me the, the Grammy. Grammy. You guys know I'm a music see, guy. Well, this is my thing, man. Like I got a picture with the Grammy that the Pittsburgh Symphony won from a couple years oh, ago. Oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah how about Absolutely. Because see, that? for me, the reason why I guess like Grammys or Oscars, like that's not on my list, is because I feel like right now. Dude, who knows? In ten years, you might put out a song like Lil Duval did. The the uh, I'm living my best life. And you saw one <laughs> song and he wins an award. Like, yeah. or, or then you look from like an Oscar standpoint. Man, I don't know if I'm gonna ever get into acting. But if I did, I don't think like. I guess for me, like I don't think that's like far off. I feel like I can achieve that. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm sitting here in my thirties, like year, Wesley Euler. Like, like I can, I, I'm sure I can come up with something or or just be right place, right time. I mean, you got a Super Bowl credit, like you said, like right place, right time. You know what I mean? I mean, I did a lot of work for that. So, so when I think of that, I'm like, I, I feel like I could somehow, some way, like if that were to happen, I could do it. Nobel Peace Prize, I look at that like, yo, that's daunting. Like it is daunting. Like you don't just, you're not gonna just backdoor that whereas like i feel like a backdoor grammy maybe backdoor i mean you work with the right movie or you work with the right producer on a song like you know what i mean you just you're right place right time you, you wesley you yeah. album of the year you know baby give me the grammy yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're the, talking a lot of trash on this Grammy I'm about to win. I'm not going to invite you to my Grammy party. No, I'm with you. I feel like it's very possible, though. Like, I, I, I feel like for me, man, if I'm going to say this is what, like, a goal of mine, I want to feel like you're borderline achiever, impossible. Like, you're a high achiever. Yeah. I know. Like, I, I feel like I can formulate something. Man, I'm like, man, they're giving Grammy off. You're getting the one for a TV show. You know what I mean? Think about that. So imagine if you get on a sports show, because at first they think, like, okay, Emmy, but then I'm like, Bro, I feel like I could, we could do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just working, 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 right place. You could, that can happen. But, yeah, when I think of Nobel Peace, I'm like, yo, that's full body of work. That's I had to be dedicated to this thing for years, man, and really put together something that, was, like I said, was impactful on that type of level. So that's why I said that. I like it. I like Stop it. Stop selling it so short, man. You're going to get a Grammy, an Emmy, man. You get everything. You would get an Oscar. Yeah, it don't matter. <laughs> going to get some tweets here before we get to our uh, predictions for Thursday night football tonight. Antonio says, can't wait for <laughs> the Here We Go song tomorrow to hear Arthur Motes give us his best Bronco impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Got the people ready, huh? The people we ready? Will, we will sing a little Here We Go tomorrow. That is for sure. Uh, Oklahoma Zone. Movies, underrated. Beverly Hills Cop. That's a oh, great call. Oh, man. Axel Foley. Let's go. And then he says potato power rankings. French fries one, mashed potatoes two, potato salad number three. I'm I not, didn't even I'm think not, about the potato salad. I'm not a salad. potato salad guy. I'm not going to lie. I'm a hit or miss on it. Yeah. I either think potato salad thing, is man. really good or I think it's not so good. Usman says curled uh, seasoned curly fries from Arby's. Oh, Whew. absolutely. And he asked, do you see the Steelers signing another running back? At least not now. Um, I, I, unless they were to shut James Conner down for the season, yeah. I, I don't think. Because well, they still have. What we haven't seen, though, is teams putting players on IR if they're yes. going to miss around three games. 
and then they bring them back after that. And how so, that relates to what they yeah. do with the practice squad. And yeah, and all that's because of how the new rules are for the COVID situation as well, too. Joseph says some would call the potato the Cam Sutton of the football world. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And Boss Fox says all of them. My weakest food is potatoes. It's my kryptonite. You're trying yeah. to cut me down with all these starches. Now, like, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat, eat less starch. Eat more of this. Like, nah, bruh, I can't. <laughs> Uh, Thrash says, I'm calm when it comes to the offensive line. I feel like Chooks and Dotson will be okay. Chooks has proven he can start, and Pouncey can help Dotson out throughout the game. I, yeah, I don't know if I'm calm, but I'm, I'm not worried. I think if that's our biggest concern right we'll now, be fine. Yeah. We, we will be just fine. Arthur Motes, I think that'll do it. <laughs> Except for Adam Crowley chimes in here, and he says, I'm somewhere between worried and panicked on your guys' scale, but there doesn't appear to be a letter for that. <laughs> Oh, that crowd, man. That Mm -mm. crowd, man. Shout out to the crowd, man. Uh, Arthur Motes, last but not least, Thursday night football tonight. Somebody's starting 0-2 in the AFC North. Is it the Bengals? A team from Ohio starting Uh 0-2 in the AFC North. Bengals, Browns, how does it play out tonight? Do the the Bengals give the Browns a game, or do the Browns get back on... I was going to say the right track, but do the Browns rebound from uh, from that debacle against Baltimore on Sunday? Man, I think uh, the Browns find a way to rebound and get it done. Um, home field advantage. Obviously, they're going to have fans in there. Uh, so as you're on 6,000, I think that's going to benefit them. Obviously, that dog pound can definitely get a little hostile. Mm-hmm. But um, the reason why I think that they get the job done on Thursday night, man, they just are more prepared for this type of scenario in terms of the veteran guys they have, understand how to prepare on a short week. This is going to be Joe Burrow's first time this year having to prepare on the short week, and he's having to go on the road, so you're losing a day on top of that. So I just think that kind of holds him back a little bit. And I just think that Cleveland has the better team. We mm-hmm. said the, the biggest— Much better roster. Yeah, much better roster. The, they got two big question marks right now. The O-line has to become more cohesive and play better, and Baker just has to, to execute better. He has to be more accurate. and not, not Excuse me, not even be more accurate, just better decision-making. That's his biggest thing right now. If he improves his decision-making, which he should against a Browns defense. Right. I mean, against a Bengals defense that is nowhere near Baltimore. No. Let, let's let's make that very clear. Yes. Nowhere near Baltimore. I think that's going to help him out a ton. Yeah, I do too. I, I think – I don't think it'll be smooth sail. Like, I don't think it'll it's be – It's not going to be clean. It'll yeah. be, I don't think it'll be a pretty picture the whole night for the Browns. Right. But I think by the fourth quarter, there won't be much doubt. Yes. The, by the third or fourth quarter, there Absolutely. won't be much doubt about the result that'll do us for do it for us today abbreviated show today but full gamut tomorrow five star friday here we go song get that paper all to get you ready for steelers broncos sunday night so we will talk to yens tomorrow as always you know the time high noon and you know where to find us on your 24 7 home of the black and gold steeler nation radio